0: and welcome to the sixth episode of the Kent Non-League Football Podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard. We've got a bumper show today, we've got plenty of stuff to talk about, um, including Glebe, believe it or not, they're the, they're one of our main topics this week, uh, the rest of the FA Cup action, including some cracking ties for our sides in the next round, Cray Wanderers hopes for a new ground and of course, Matt's trip to Tranmere. How are you Matt, first of all, you got back from the north in one piece I assume?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a long whole day, we got back at half two but when you come back with three points, you're sort of um, you're flying, aren't you? Sort of things. So that was a good day. I had a good day with the people I went with. It was a, a good crack, and you know the football was a bonus on sort of days like that. And it, it really was in the end. So
0: it was a good day. Excellent. Well, we'll talk about that one in a bit, but we'll we'll start with the FA Cup. There was, there were some great results for Kent sides over the weekend, and a couple of disappointing results. And obviously there were some games on Tuesday night as well. Tunbridge Wells, they've equalled their best ever FA Cup run after beating Hayward Teeth 3-0 after extra time, which is um, quite something. I mean, to, to score three goals in extra time after a nil nil draw certainly shows they've got something about them and plenty of stamina, Matt.
1: Yeah, I saw that when they saw the 1-3-0 and all the goals in extra time. Yeah, 2-2 on Saturday, so bringing them back to, to their place. Of course, Tunbridge, you know, good cup side after the experience a few years ago at Wembley, but that's a fantastic result for them. So I presume... They got one Haywood teeth, heads dropped, and they and carried on and got a result. But, yeah, fantastic performance from them. And Ramsgate as well, three all at home in the first leg, and then one four two, 4-2, I think it was, last night. So, um, with uh, Alfie Paxman, I know I've heard good things about Alfie Paxman, bagging a hat-trick. So, uh, yeah, all, all in all, a, a good day for that. And I did, I, to be honest, I didn't think Ramsgate would get through against Egan, but that's a, a fantastic away performance.
0: I must admit, they, they needed a goal with the last kick of the match on Saturday to get the replay, thanks to Luke Wheatley. And then, you know, to go on and build on that, I, I guess their, their heads will have been up going, going round there. And like, like you say, Alfie Paxman, I've seen him play a few times. He's, he's certainly got something about him and I, I think Ramsgate may struggle to keep hold of him for much longer.
1: Well, he was at Dover's Academy and he had a couple of games for Dover in the National League in the back end of the season. Again, I think size may be an issue for, for Dover's point of view, but I know they're keeping an eye on I mean, him. His brother's just as uh, a good player as well. So yeah, he's got something about him, Alfie Paxman, if he can grow a little bit stronger. But I think he could have a good, decent career, particularly in the non-leagues uh, as he goes on and whatever happens, he's got an FA Cup hat on his CV and not many people say can say they've got that.
0: No, there, there was disappointment elsewhere for Cray Valley, Town, 7-8 Town and Ashford United who all went out. Um, Oaks went out to Crobe obviously, and Ashford were, three, were thrashed 6 nil at Horsham. And I, sh- I assume you've seen the picture, Matt, but Horsham playing yellow and green and Ashford rocked up in bright yellow. And somehow it was deemed not a kick clash, but that seems ridiculous to me.
1: Yeah, I haven't actually seen that photo, but I mean, you have to put it on the old Twitter, um, Ashford, that's a, that's a tonking against Horsham as well, so i say it's a nice, I don't, if they, I don't know if they play at their old ground or not, Horsham, but um, yeah, it's an absolute thing. Well, as we said last week, maybe the youngsters and Horsham probably battered them a little bit, bullied them a little bit, that's a, a disappointing result for Ashford, because, you know, again, as if we said last week, people want to cut run.
0: Absolutely. Folkestone, they edged the Thriller to get past Greenwich Bar and Margate, pretty comfortable for them against East Grinstead. But Tumbridge Angels, though, our third Bostick Premier League team, they were out 3-1 to Faversham. Uh, that's, that's a great performance of Ray Turner's side. I, I was obviously at their replay last time out and he was confident they were going to get a good crowd in, have a good day. I don't think he would have imagined they'd have won that 3-1. They're through to the next round. What a great result for them.
1: Yeah, I know. I've, you know, I've come to speak to a Tumbridge fan and Tunbridge have had a bit of a Tumbridge I mean, it was a bit of a bad few days really, apart from last night of course but uh, yeah, that was a bit of a shock when you got Steve Lovell, well, Steve Lovell's son Mark Lovell up top being around the houses, he used to play for Tunbridge as well and uh, he's at 34 now and he absolutely bullied them apparently. He had a great game up top so yeah, fantastic result for Faversham. Tunbridge was desperate to get to the first round of the FA Cup and I think there was real disappointment now that he needs to pick up their league form now as well. So yeah, not a good start for them but maybe after last night that's kick-started their season.
0: Superb, and obviously as, as we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that later on, but Herne Bay, who they beat 10-1 on Tuesday night, have also made it through. Um, they've got, they got past Walton Casuals, which is a good result, and I think Herne Bay are doing better than we thought. Uh, Thamesmead beat Lewis 3-0, they're also through. And Phoenix Sports beat Eastbourne Town. And next up for Phoenix is another Kent club, Glebe. The Chisselhurst-based side were only founded in 1995, and last year they were promoted to the Scaffold Premier Division for the first time. This is their first FA Cup campaign. They actually got into the draw a couple of years ago, but uh, their ground wasn't quite up to scratch, so they were actually then removed from the competition after the draw. So they were supposed to play Tunbridge Wells, and then Tunbridge Wells were given a walkover. So this is their first crack at it, the FA Cup. Um, And they've reached the second qualifying round after a 4 0 win at Banstead Athletic on Saturday. Much travelled striker Adrian Stone got three of the goals on his debut for Glebe, and the club are understandably delighted with their progress. I spoke to manager Ben Young on Tuesday before they played Seven Oaks on Tuesday night. They drew that nil-nil and he was in good form. He was in a, bit, a place where it was a bit windy, but even so, he was able to get across how pleased he was that they beat Banstead on Saturday.
2: He certainly knows where the goal is. So, unfortunately enough, he left that move a bit about two minutes down for the start, so it was uh, an easy thing for him to come in. And uh, that's what we have kind of been looking from their performance. So, you know, he showed he's all out play and uh, took all his goals very, very well. So, from, from my point of view, he's very happy with that in careers as well. So, it's a ball-winning group as well. And obviously Phoenix Sports next up. I, I, I think that's a, a decent tie for you get them in the drawer. and you know, it's been, you to see us progress with bigger clubs like that. So for me, yeah, it's been really, really good so far. And it's the money as well, isn't it? That, that, that helps a club at your level so much for getting this prize money. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, money helps at this level, you know,
0: It was a bit windy there obviously at at the time and and I did have to remove a bit where we talked about Glebe's sort of hopes for the future and and he says to me they've got a fantastic ground and he doesn't see any reason why in the next few years they can't be challenged at the top of this division and looking to push into the Ryman League and interesting project there Glebe because you know they're they're not a club that are are well known to a lot of people Matt but they certainly seem to be pulling up a few, few trees shall we say.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I, I didn't actually know where Glebe was before, and I had to Google them based in Chislehurst and Bromley. But that's a, a fantastic performance. There's not many sides in the FA Cup you can probably say are, are unbeaten in the competition. They've won three, played three games, won three. So, um, yeah, a really good result. And the best part of that was that he said that the, the money they've won from the competition, which is probably won, won four or five grand from that now, he's going to divvy it up to the players. It's a bit of, better for them as well, which I think is absolutely brilliant. I can't believe that when Arsenal won the FA Cup, there's the uh, money they get from the competition, we just divvy it up to the players, so absolutely fantastic. Adrian Stone up top, a a decent striker at this level, he's had a number of clubs, I have to say, but a good target man and a hat-trick on his debut, doesn't get much better than that for him.
0: I suppose the Arsenal players, though, they probably don't need a divvy up of a million quid when they win the FA Cup, (laughs) because they've probably got about enough.
1: Yeah, but he that brings back a bit more of the FA Cup. There you go. All I can imagine it doesn't happen like this. You want to get a check? There. There's a bundle, load of cash. Loves it in the changing rooms. There's your shorts. There's your cash. Get on with it. But I wish it was something like that. Really,
0: I don't know about you, but there's been plenty of times where I've seen matches at the end and um, players walking past the manager and the manager gi- giving them their the wages on the way out. Isn't that yeah. People don't realise don't that sort of thing, it. do they?
1: But the thing with football, they soon rip it open and peer into it, and then half it probably goes into the bar. But that's, that's the joys of non-league football
0: for you. It certainly is. And also, as well as that tie in the next round, which is obviously a Kent derby, we've got Kent versus Essex. and um, We've got Ramsgate are going to Chelmsford, which is the toughest tie they probably could have got with Chelmsford being top of the National League South. Tunbridge Wells are at Concord, also a tricky tie. Dartford hosts Barking, but Thamesmead town they got the golden run, didn't they? Billericay Town at home. That'll be a great day for them.
1: Well, of course they play at Darford now, so they should, and it's on a Sunday, isn't it? So that's a um, should be a decent crowd going in there. A for people to have a look at Ricky, maybe Thamesmead, and a Toy more to cause a bit of a cup shock from that point of view. So, yeah, a few ones in there, Ramsgate. Uh, be a good day out at Chelmsford for them, but that is the toughest one. I think Chelmsford are top of the, uh, the National League South, aren't they? So that is the toughest draw you could have got. I think it may be a bit too much for them to to get past um, Chelmsford for that. But, but Chelmsford did lose at home at this time last year to Dartford at this round. So uh, from that point, Darford against Barking should be a a, a a chance there. Glebe against Phoenix Sports, we just mentioned. Horsham at Herne Bay. Hopefully Herne Bay turn up rather, better than uh, Ashford did. Kings Langley against Margate game Margate, I think it should have too much there. we have got a difficult one against Wildstone, I have to say, as well, to be honest. Wildstone changed their manager recently, so uh, and they're normally a decent National League South side. But I think we'll have a few through, and I think
0: some of them will go out as well. I think Margate, actually, you said you think that's not a bad draw for them. i read a couple of people saying that they're not that keen on that one. I mean, they're at the same level, Kings Langley, I believe, and had an 8-0 win on Saturday in, in the Cup, and... You know, when you get into that stage and you've got a team that are obviously going to be buoyant, and Margate have got to go there, which is not—it's not, it's not a, exactly a close trip for them. I, I think that might be tougher than you think it may be.
1: Right, maybe, maybe I don't know much about Kings. one of these sides have risen through the leagues? I thing a bit recently, haven't they? So on the up, one of the up um, sides. I think it's, is it Watford based? I think they are around that sort of thing. So it is a bit of a trek for them, probably longer than they expect in uh, the normal league games. But you know, again, Margate. We can see, I know, speaking of Nicky Bull, after they lost in the fourth qualifying round last year, how much a cut run means for some of these clubs. So, again, they'll have to go there fully focused.
0: And I think the only two we haven't mentioned for the next round are Welling. have got haringey Borough, who last night caused a bit of an upset by beating Hitchin on penalties to get through. And Folkestone are at home to Tooting and Mitcham United. Same league. That'll be a tough game for them as well. But as you say, I think we're going to get a few more. The Kent Cup dream is going to be going for a little while longer yet. And obviously, we've got another two rounds before the four teams in the National League come in. And, you know, it, it, they're, they're so close to getting one of those games. And, you know, we could we could end up seeing a Folkestone against Epps fleet or, or something like that for a place in the first round proper. And that'd be fantastic, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, we were discussing that on the way back from... Uh, um... Tranmere saying from a Dover point of view it would be great to play Folkestone so big clubs together and things like that they haven't really played each other too much down the years I've seen Folkestone knock Dover at the FA Cup many moons ago but that'll be good for the area big crowds from that point of view but when you get to the fourth qualifying round all you want is the easiest
0: side to get the first round and then you could draw Blackburn Rovers away or, or you could just keep going like like Dover did a couple of years ago when they played Crystal Palace so you know it, it, yeah. it's, it's all up there isn't it
1: uh, yeah, it's the joy of the cup, isn't it? So, we'll uh, soon, again, yeah, the second qualifying round is, you'll see some shocks here because some of the National League south sides or north sides will go out. So, uh, from that point of view, and I, and I tipped Ricky to be on the telly uh, last time when they were, I presume, Salford v York, which is a big game in the Northern League, will, will be the other BBC tie this
0: time, I expect. I'd imagine so. I believe you sent me a message about, uh, along those lines within about five minutes of the draw. I'm so confident were you? Yeah, anyway. yeah,
1: yeah I think that will win.
0: Yeah, moving on. We'll, t- we'll talk about the north again now because uh, we've got reports of your day out. I, I thought it would be funny, uh, listeners, to get Matt to record some little snippets as he was going through the- through his day on his way to Tranmere. Um, as he's already said, he was up at um, he didn't get back until two o'clock. Well, he was up at seven o'clock in the morning, and um, I'm going to put the clip in now so you'll be able to hear it. It's, it's four or five different clips, and within the first twenty five seconds, I will guarantee you'll be thinking this bloke doesn't know anything about football.
1: It's just gone 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, You're know normally buzzing when you get up this time because I'm off to Tranmere for the day. Dover at Tranmere, looking forward to it. Um, should be a decent game. Tranmere, i have going to be favourites here. Uh, good result they of the weekend. Dover need to score more than one goal in a game to win it. Um, it might be tough up there, but it's always nice to go to a game, this sort of thing. You jump out of bed. Maybe come seven o'clock, whatever time the game finishes, I could be thinking, oh, it's a long journey home. But hey, that's football for you. Looking forward to it. Come on, you whites. And hopefully, uh, all the other Kent sides, particularly in the FA Cup, can have a good day as well. So, uh, here we go. Well, it's uh, half three. I've just arrived here in Birkenhead, the world. Um, it's a beautiful ground, lovely main stand to the right of us. I don't know how many seats are in there. Probably three four thousand in there lovely ground um, stand quite quite like Gillingham's on the opposite side and then a smaller stand to the, the left of me and then I'm in the big main stand at the top so we've got it safely Yeah, lovely lunch as well so let's hope for three points half time near Tranmere now uh, Tranmere nil Dover nil Dover played pretty well I think this game went on growing confidence particularly uh, Mitchell Pinnock's had a good game and, and Manny Parry at the back's been absolutely solid for us Tranmere try and play some nice football Dover Pretty organised at the back. I don't know how many goals we've got in us, but uh, all in all, a good atmosphere here at Tranmere and Dover keeping their own. So all in all, half time we're pretty happy with that. Clear away. Then Bird goes down. He's going to give it. He's going to give it. Penalty. Penalty for Dover for Ryan Bird. 12 minutes to go and a big moment for Dover here. A penalty for Dover. Bird, looking at the ball. Ryan Bird, steps up, and scores! Straight down the middle! A superb penalty! And Dover in front with 10 to go! It's
2: Dover-Nil, Dover-1.
1: Whew, Uh, just in the end of the Dover game here. dover trammy nil Dover-1. Dover with a penalty from Ryan Bird. Haven't seen a harder penalty kick that in a long time uh, from that point of view. But a fantastic win for Dover. Dug in. I think that can really help kick start the season and gives the players real good confidence as well. The season guys there. long trip home but it'll be worthwhile now.
0: Uh, I must just say that the goal commentary in that in that clip from Matt is c- courtesy of Radio Kent so uh, we do appreciate that. Um you got a be excited there Matt didn't you?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was a, a good performance I thought from from Dover again you know you see Tranmere had plenty of possession in the game but possession doesn't really give you much. Dover is so well organised. One thing you will say about Chris Kinnear teams, it, they're so, so organised. Everybody knows their job and, and, and they have to be concentration because they do the man marking system and people follow them all over the pitch and everybody's got a job and a couple of times when you switch off the had some chances but uh, Mitch Walker and Go had a, had a good game and Dover got the penalty. It was a definite penalty when you watch it back on the replay. So All in all, it was a good day and a good result and 14 points I think Dover have got from eight games, which is, which is a good haul, to be honest. I think we'd um, like that. But, you, you know, Chris Kinnear, he gets a bit of stick, Chris Kinnear, from some of the supporters. But you won't get a better manager at that level to get Dover so, so organised. Everyone knows their job. And it was a Chris Kinnear performance of old. Dover hit him on the break, score the goal, win 1-0. And I think maybe this season there'll be more like that because I don't really think Dover got many goals in them at the moment, but they're organised. Ryan Bird, good penalty, so all in all, it was, a, it was a good day out, and at least I can say, when Tranmere are back in the Championship in about 10 years' time, really, with the ground they got, they really should be, that I've seen my side win up there.
0: Was he pleased, Kinnear? I know he doesn't show a lot of emotion, but he's, it, I've obviously covered Dover a few times, I've, been, I've followed them quite closely, and that's a typical Chris Kinnear result, that, to go up to Tranmere and win 1-0, and, and, I, and I guess oh, at the end of the game, he must have been, he must have been satisfied with a job well done. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he,
1: he was. He was pleased with that performance. Um, again, I think the, the clean sheet's good. Uh, again, it's just the organisation and drilling it into the players, which it, you know has been said before. That it's a brand new team. Only Mitch Walker, um, the nicest man in football, is was the only one from last season. But he's got them organised. He was pleased, and and he puts down a marker for other teams from that point of view. That David and uh, 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 no mugs in this league and they haven't been for the last three years to be fair and people who doubt Chris Kinnear and sometimes you know when you in the summer when they didn't have any players you think oh no it's just going to be it but he brings players on board gets them organised gets them drilled and he only brings players in that he thinks are going to work within his system you know if Lionel Messi came available he'd have to track back if he didn't he wouldn't get in the team from that point of view and that is Chris Kinnear's strength, basically
0: Well that's a, an analogy I wasn't expecting to hear today but uh Excellent, that's, that's nice. I mean, looking at the league table, um, Dover are seventh in it, but they've only scored eight goals. However, I looked up and down that table thinking, well, there's going to be some stat there that they're one of the lowest scorers. They're actually not. Wrexham are up there. They've only scored eight times. There's plenty of teams that scored seven and six. I guess that just shows what a tight old league it can be in the National League.
1: Yeah, the consensus this year, it's, it, it's not going to be, um, a side's going to run away with it. Everybody can beat everybody in this league. Yeah. Um, Again, I still think Dover need to score more goals. Um, But defensively, they're they're pretty solid. But yeah, Wrexham, I've seen Wrexham have lost to Maystone and Dover pretty poor in both games. And they've won four on the spin and go right to the top of the table. So yeah, it's it's a tight old division. You look at Ebsleet as well, we'll go on to them shortly. They've drawn seven out of eight. So um, yeah, it's it's a tight old division. Dagenham, I said last week, they look a good side, score a lot of goals. And with John Steele, they've got a chance from that point of view.
0: I'm, I'm I'm looking at the league and I'm getting pretty worried about Leighton Orient really from from a Kent side's point of view because they had a stuttering start obviously they got absolutely walloped at Bromley but very quietly they have put a run together and now they're joint top and you say no one might run away with it but if they've hit the ground now then I think Leighton Orient could could easily just leave a cloud of dust behind them and run away with it.
1: Yeah, I think they've got I think he's done a job there. That 6-1 defeat against Bromley was probably the kick up the backside they needed. Um, second place, they've got to always have a good support base. Wherever they go, they're going to take in excess of 500 fans each game. That means a great deal, I think, for them. So, yeah. Lake Naurin, um it'll be interesting to see them. They've got some good players in as well now. Good, decent budget. No transfer window. So, And it, maybe if they've got enough, a good investor in, maybe you've seen it all before with sides in this division that have got a decent player. Maybe Lake Norton, you have got the extra budget, can go and get that player as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think they started well. So, I think their fans will be pleased with that.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Street there. They are still unbeaten. Woo, superb. However, they've only won one game of their eight. And... It's it's all well and good having this brilliant unbeaten record, which is fantastic. I mean, we're, we're sat here, it's early September now. They haven't lost in 2017. But the problem is they're not winning games. And if you draw all 46 games in the season, you're going to be relegated. So Ebsfick need to start picking up some wins, don't they?
1: Yeah, you look at it. They, have, I think they haven't won in six, so they've drawn the last six. Or, you know, they're unbeaten in eight. You can look at it both ways. I expect Darren McMahon's probably saying it... Um... The latter on that point of view. Yeah, they need to pick up results. You'll it, say the managers, "All three wins on the. Would you take um, two wins and two wins in the defeat or three draws? You take two wins, of course, because it's more points on the board. So, yeah, they have got Chester this week. Chester have just sacked their manager, so <laughs> i don't believe in fate in these football. Chester haven't won at home for 14 games. absolutely haven't lost since time began. You always think that maybe Chester's would beat Ebsleet to... It evens itself out, if you know what I'm trying to say, on these sort of things. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult game there. But it, yeah, it needs to, it needs to, I think they need a win just to settle a few nerves. But I, I'm beating an eight in the national leagues, not a bad
0: going. It isn't? And obviously, Sam Magri was was missing for them at the weekend. Um, I tried not to watch too much of England in either of their games, but I did see about 25 minutes of the of the game against Malta when it was nil nil, and he looked like he was he looked decent, Magri. I mean, he was up against Harry Kane, Dele Alli, etc., and and he was. He didn't look out of his depth particularly,
1: did he? No, I only saw it fleetingly as well. He nearly scored from a 30-yarder they just skimmed more of the post. Yeah, he's a good player. He's playing at centre-back now, which... I'm not used to seeing him playing more of a, a full-back for Dover, but yeah, he didn't know he had a good tackle early on, yeah, he, he's a good player I agree, so, and that experience will work in his favour, he, he, they just got a bit tired in the end, but I, I presume two games against England and Scotland have only conceded six not likely to score many goals, but I think he'll be delighted with that, and he can use that experience as he goes on, and I'm sure he'll be back in the absolute uh, side uh, this weekend.
0: The funniest thing about the Malta game was, I, I remember think, someone saying, oh, if Malta had a striker, they'd be dangerous I don't know if I saw it on Twitter or and I thought to myself, "Well, where's Michael Mifsud now?" And then, sure enough, he bloody came on. He must be about forty-five, and he's still turning up for him. It's quite something. He's the only Maltese striker that I know. I don't know of any others. So it was—it was quite amazing.
1: He got a good reception when he came on as well. I, th- I think basically
0: he's, he's just using this
1: qualification to have a, the final game. He's a bit of a commentary legend and he was also good on football manager back in the day, Michael Misford. Yeah, but he must be late 30s now, but I think, he, I think he's the David Beckham of Maltese football and I think he's just
0: having a final for us. Um, Bromley, they lost again at the weekend. It's three defeats in a row for them. They've got to go up to AFC Fylde on Saturday. A long way to go and, and they'll want to stop the rot, won't they, Bromley.
1: Yeah, Okay. missing a penalty early on against Wrexham. As you said, Wrexham don't score many goals. If they'd have gone in front Bromley, they might have um, uh, held on to that. Uh, Yeah, Okay. I I didn't see Bromley as a top seven side at the start of the season. They've had a good start to the season. Um, but I think that they'll be middle middle of the table. Good experience for the, for the seasons to come from this point of view under Neil Smith. Yeah, but stop the rot. You don't want to get dragged into it because it is quite tight down the bottom as well. You think, where well, they were second and lose three games on the spin and they you fall down the league and it's still quite tight down the bottom, especially after Solihull winning last night.
0: It's very tight. Was, I was looking at the table early, because obviously Maidstone were beaten at the weekend. They're 19th. They're only one point behind Ebsfleet, and Epsley haven't lost all season, so it is very tight all the way through the division, so it's going to yeah. be very interesting, and, and Maidstone, you know, that they need to put a run together, really, they've got Woking at home on Saturday, and then down to Eastleigh on Tuesday, a couple of tough games for them really, Woking have got some good players, that, that they're up and down, but Maidstone just need to get a couple of solid results, don't they?
1: Yeah, I think... Um... Scoring goals may be an issue. Good to see you. To Horst come back on. I rated him at Folkestone. So he's come in and he scored on his debut after he's, well, he's, he's uh, come on the, off the bench with his shoulder injury. So, yeah, from that point of view, Maidstone, gains. they need... He- Delano, Sam York to score goals and scored in eight games so far. Um, that was a concern about me that I don't think he's a, a top striker for that that Maystone need. But, um, yeah, they need to pick results up. He's quite tight down the bottom, apart from Torquay. You, you know, one win, though, Maystone could go up to arguably eighth or ninth if they win those games, looking at the other games. So, yeah, it's, um, it's a tight thing. But Maystone will be disappointed, I think, with their start.
0: Yeah, looking at the other games over the weekend for our sides. Ebbsweet, as you said, at Chester, and then they're at home to Aldershot on Tuesday. Um, Bromley at home to Torquay on Tuesday, they'll view that as a chance. And your boys, Matt, they're the Aldershot on Saturday, tough game, and then at home to Bournemouth on Tuesday night?
1: Yeah, um, Aldershot will be tough. We went there at Easter Monday when we needed a result, really, to get in the playoffs, and they played right. Aldershot, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. So again, Dover need to be very, very organised and rigid in their formation and try and hit them on the counter attack again. They've got some injury problems with shot, so it will be a, a tough game, but. After the result at Tranmere, you think, uh, now you'd probably take a draw at all the shot. And then you look at the next four games after that, Dover have got two, you know, they've got chances to maybe win those games as well. So then you're looking at the right end of the table. But it will be tough against all the shot on Saturday because they're probably the best footballing side in this division. So, uh, And if Dover switch off, they'll they'll, they'll be punished.
0: We move on to the National League South now. Dartford won 4 0 at Whitehawk on Tuesday, but I mean, winning at Whitehawk is a bit like kicking a puppy at the moment. Um, they drew at Hampton on Saturday, which isn't a bad result because Hampton held Chelmsford um, this weekend. Um, Dartford are sixth in the table. They're at home to Chippenham on Saturday and then Eastbourne on Tuesday. And after all everything we said about them at the start of the season, they are currently the top scorers in National League South. How about that?
1: So that shows what I know, doesn't it, really? Yeah, we've got, yeah they have scoring goals. They got, got seven, didn't they, a couple of weeks ago. And then one, 4 0 Whitehawk are, are going to go down to the level they really should be. I think they've got a few financial problems they have gone through managers. So, yeah, it's a good result. Tony Berman, if you can get that. Darren Ebram back in goal. Uh, yeah, maybe this, you look at it, they didn't win the They had one in three up to that point, and Darren Ebram missed two of those games. So I think he's key for them back in. And you know, Elliot Bradbrook he'll always notches goals, and Ryan Hayes on the score sheet as well. So, yeah. Darford will be up there. Still game Chelmsford, are they going to run away with it? So, Darford don't want to get too much far behind Chelmsford, but uh, they'll be pleased with that result last night. And Welling as well, I've got a draw there. They've got a couple of home
0: games coming up, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They're home to two teams below them, which is, is quite handy. They've got Paul, they're have at home to Paul on Saturday. And then the Puppy Whitehawks coming up on Tuesday, probably for another shoeing, hopefully, <laughs> from, from Welling's point of view. Um, yeah, Welling, you know, they, they haven't drawn in... I think they haven't won in four games but they're up to 16th. They've moved up the table a little bit, but they've still only won once, a bit like Ebbsley. They need more wins, don't they? Draws are all well and good, but you need to be getting the three points.
1: Yeah, I think in the new team that Welling have got, I think back-to-back home games now, is going to be absolutely crucial for Jamie Coyle to side to, to, to put down a marker in this league and move them up the table as well. Of course, top seven again in that in that division, that will be their mindset. Let's get up to seventh and get on the outskirts of the playoffs and when we get a bit of confidence. I think, you know, well, three home games on the spin they've got, haven't they, with the Haringey and the Cup. So, yeah, a big week ahead, I think, for Welling.
0: And obviously, you mentioned Darren Ibrahim there. We talked about Sam Magri having a, a, an interesting experience, but <laughs> Darren Ibrahim had a lot of practice picking the ball out the net. Sadly, it's a tough gig being Gibraltar's goalkeeper. I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you, if you speak to him, before, you know, you know, he, he, he absolutely loves it. with The experience you've got against Lukaku, Hazard, etc., like that, you're always going to be un, um, under pressure. Or the thought, and as a goalkeeper, you, you know, it's one of those you know hazards of the job. But you know. He's playing international football against um, some of the world's greatest players. So, again, great to have on your CV and that can only benefit Darford.
0: Yeah. We'll move on to the Bostick Premier League now. Um, Margate, obviously the league's back after the FA Cup. Margate are at Worthing, so say, on Saturday, but it's actually being played at Bognor. Um, I don't know if you've been following this story, but Worthing, with their 3G pitch, have had loads of problems with it and they've basically failed a FIFA test. So far, they've managed to switch their two home games, so they've played them away. Now they've got their first proper home game of the season, but they're having to ground share at Bognor for the time being. So Margate are off to Bognor on Saturday to play the team that's bottom of the league. Steve, what's going to be viewing that as a chance to get three more points, isn't he?
1: Yeah, I don't know how far it is Bognor to Worthing. I've been to I've been to both grounds, but I think Bognor's a lot further along than, than Worthing. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, you know, any Margate fans listening, don't go to Worthing. You've already found that somebody will do. Um, yeah, again, there's a chance for they've to, they've had back to back home wins so for them to try and get a result against Worthing. Worthing and what I can't, they've used their three G the last couple of years, so I don't know if I thought the three G pitch probably lasts a good five, six years. I don't know what's gone wrong there but um yeah, strange on that, Worthing, because they lost a couple of players to Forest Green, didn't they? Hugo went there, so they must have had bits of money to do the pitch up. So, strange one, but yeah, but I fancy Margate down there.
0: Well, they've lost uh, Kane Wills as well, who Margate fans will know. He's gone to Eastbourne, back up into the National League South. And it's an interesting one, Worthing. I don't know how much you know about it, but um, I only, my knowledge of, of the guy who's the chairman there is based on his appearance on the undateables. He, he, was, uh, he, had, an, he had a car crash when he was... About 17, 18, and, and suffered some horrendous injuries. And he's now in a wheelchair. I think he's paralysed from the neck down. Um, but he's got a lot of money, and he's ploughed all that into Worthing. And I was looking up this morning; and they were just like, "We feel so sorry for the owner because he's ploughed all this money in." That the pitch. I mean, they've had games called off due to waterlogged pitch, even on the 3G. Um, and FIFA have obviously been keeping, a, or they say FIFA have been keeping a close eye on it. I'm pretty sure in Zurich they're not going, <laughs> Worthing's pitch, Worthing's pitch. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure yeah. they're, they're very disappointed mm-hmm. that, that it has been like that. And, and this is the only time I've ever heard of a team with a 3G pitch having these sort of problems. And I guess they're going to want to get it fixed because playing every game away, playing at Bogner doesn't do the club any good, does it?
1: Well, the model of the 3G is that you can earn for the pitch you know, 24-7, 365 days a year. A, they're not getting that money in and B, travelling to, to Bognor as well. They're not going to get any money in so that their model was completely gone out the window. Yeah, I, I don't know what's gone wrong with the surface from that point of view, unless it wasn't laid particularly properly, but they've been at it for a couple of years. So yeah, strange one there. We'll have to, we'll keep an eye on that one, I think.
0: Yeah, we will. Um, Thomas Angels, who won 10-1 uh, on Tuesday night after their c- a couple of poor results there at Harlow, um, on Saturday, and then they are away as well on Tuesday at Thurrock, so um, a, cu- a couple of games there, they'll they think they've got a chance of getting some points there, but 10-1, don't get that very often, Dean, no matter what competition, no matter who you're playing against, you've scored 10, you're going to be happy.
1: Yeah, I think the Tom fan I spoke to said that they were due to give somebody an absolute shoe in and 10-1 is an absolute shoe in against Ham I don't know if Ham changed their side a bit, but Tom Angels have got some good strikers in their side who can score at that level. So, yeah, my only theory is, my only worry about these teams, uh, I would think that well, football is on this point of view, when you score 10, you've used your goals up for the like, next three games on that point of view. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how they get on, but hopefully they should be okay.
0: Well, we touched on it really uh, a little bit last week, but if you're going to, your, your friend said, oh, they're going to give someone an absolute shoe in and they saved it for the Ryman League Cup or the Bostick League Cup or whatever it's called, Vitality or something, I don't know what it's called. I, I, I lost track years ago. But to, that's not the game you want to be scoring the goals in. They'd rather have saved seven of those goals and had four on Saturday, three on Tuesday, six points. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, they need some points to, at the right end of the table. I think um, they've had a disappointing start, but they need to get back on the league run. That FA Cup um, defeat was an absolute body blow for them, I think, from that point of view. Yeah, they've got to go again, but I think you know they can get, at least get four points out of the next two.
0: Yeah, obviously Margot aren't playing on Tuesday. We discussed that last week. We don't need to talk about it again. Um and in Invicta, they are at home for Stains on Saturday, and then they've got Leatherhead um, on Tuesday night. They're old foes, Folks and Leatherhead. They had a couple of playoff uh, clashes, like quite famous ones involving those two clubs. Um but Leatherhead, they're they're flying high, second in the table, so tough week for Invicta, really, with those two, but it's always a tough place to go for any team, Cheriton Road, isn't it? The Fullets, whatever it's called.
1: Yeah, Folkestone, um, normally they start pretty slowly, Folkestone, in the division. And I, I think 11th place, 8 points in 5 games. Um, I think they'll be delighted with that. Leatherhead will be a test. Well, I think Leatherhead-Billerickey this weekend, so they'll the top two in the in, in the, um, the Devon-Bostick league. So, yeah, Folkestone, yeah, I've been impressed with Folkestone. I think it's a good result against Greenwich. I know um, at the weekend, a last-minute winner. I think Folkestone uh, will be absolutely delighted with that because that, that was a real banana skin, I thought, against Greenwich and they got through that scoring goals as well. So um, Neil Cuglery seems to uh, bring the players in each year and he's doing it as ever um, in his 23rd year, whatever it is, uh, a great job down
0: there. Yeah. Um, in the Bostick South, there was only two league games on Saturday. Sittingbourne um, went up to second after their home win over Whiteleaf and Hyde have found a bit of form now. They beat Guernsey 5-1. Um Very good for Hyde to keep going. I'm I'm interested in Guernsey because they were always unbeatable at home and sometimes could get results away. Certainly always started the season well, but last season they had a poor season. This season they're not pulling up any trees either. They pulled out of the FA Cup. I wonder if that adventure over to the island is starting to wear off a little bit.
1: Yeah, I I presume when they went to do this, they thought they'd go through the leagues a little bit more because I think the first couple of seasons they were doing really well in there in the Devon Bostic South League so but again I think they lost their main striker who scored hundreds of, hundreds of goals to travelling around the world but yeah maybe it is the novelty's wearing off maybe players basically you're giving up your whole weekend probably if you're going to away games for those guys you're probably not maybe the novelty is wearing off and um, from that point of view I think uh, yeah maybe it is it was a strange one coming over to this league but I thought they I think they think that you know They've got a very good sponsor on them, uh, well, the Spectacle Cup, Specsavers, I think it is their sponsor. So they've got a good backing there, but maybe the novelty's wearing
0: off a little bit. Could be. Um, two games for, for all of our teams this week, apart from Herne Bay, we're playing Margate in the Kent Cup. Let's not go through it again. Um, Ashford have got Molesy on Saturday, Ramsgate on Tuesday, um, Carl Shorten-Favisham Saturday, and then Favisham-Sittingbourne, um, which is a big local derby, and they played in the... Kent Cup themselves last night, and Sittingbourne edged that one. Um, Cray against Chipstead also at the weekend, Herne Bay against VCD, uh, Lewis against Hythe, Phoenix against Hastings, Ramsgate host South Park. And on Sunday, Thamesmead obviously playing at Dartford, have to play Sunday, they're at home to Sittingbourne. Um, other games on Tuesday, South Park against Phoenix Sports, VCD against Hythe, and then on Wednesday night, Cray against Hastings. So plenty of football, plenty of points up for grabs there. And some good Kent Derbies as well, Ashford, Ramsgate, Faversham, Sittingbourne a good chance for these teams to, you know, continue their progress. And Ashford, they're going to want to get a win on on the board this weekend, aren't they?
1: Every single weekend, you seem to, or every Tuesday, you seem to get a Ken Derby from that point of view. yeah, Ashford needs to get some points on the board. Um, I would say that maybe Chipstead and Sean are going to be the, the whipping boys, particularly Sean, who've conceded 14 in four games. So, um, I think it's only, it's only one goes down in this league again this season, is it?
0: We think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so right. So, yeah, as you said, that maybe they just need to regroup from that point of view. Do you think Ramsgate again, been involved in too many cup games, both cup replays, etc. They've had so uh, they need to get back on the, with the horse. But this is a problem with this sort of league as well, because you, you're playing FA Cup every other week, midweek it stops your league games as well. So uh, from that point of view, some of these need a run of uh, league games to get their league game, league form going.
0: They do. Um, and Cray Wanderers, there we mentioned them. They obviously they're still playing at Bromley, but they've put another application in for their new ground. They've had a couple of full starts about it, but. I think they are hopeful that finally they're going to get this sorted and get their own ground. And having your own ground for a club at this level means so much, doesn't it? Especially if you've got the 3G and you can rent it it all out. And Cray Wanderers must be desperate to get that sorted.
1: I think there must be about 10 years that Cray have been looking to move away from from Bromley from that point of view. They've got a good owner there. they are always a good basic basic, um, uh, base of a a club. yeah, I think um, I don't know why. Why again? Oh, I'm going to the wares and wherefoes of uh, um, getting land off places, but hopefully they can get from that point of view, get their own, get them back to to where they want to be in their local vicinity. Can attract some supporters who maybe have just moved on a bit from them from that point of view. But they've always had a good side. They did really well. Cray at one stage, did they? Went through the leagues and then come back down. With, um, so yeah, fingers crossed that can happen. I don't know if it's going to be coming through soon, but they've had some full starts. On that point of
0: view. I think the Mayor of London got involved in the last one. So you know that we've talked about FIFA, we've talked about the Mayor of London. We're getting all the bigwigs in this week, aren't we?
1: yeah 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 i think i don't normally you find these things it's it's some sort of environmental issue that you build in the ground and it's going to affect some sort of um uh, insect or animal but hopefully um yeah again these clubs some of these things put they do put in a a, you know a massive structure of what we're going to do so if you start basic start the basics with 3g and a clubhouse then you can move up from there i think that's probably the way up rather than trying to go full in
0: and I think we've seen it with clubs, you know, they, they put the money into the players when you need to put put in the infrastructure, and Margate have done it the wrong way, and now they're trying to do it the right way, so hopefully that, that that that's that's the key. Get your base, get your ground, get everything sorted, and then push on from there, I think.
1: Yeah, you know, I think one of Margate's problems was when they had Bob Laslett there, that basically... They did everything off the pitch, and when you go to Margate's ground, now they've got a nice 3G surface, they need to build a stand-up, etc., like that. If you can get the, the basic around you, then, then you've got something to work with. When it, If the money man pulls out and you're paying people a ridiculous amount of money, there's nowhere to go, but at least you've got something to, to play with off the pitch. But that wasn't Margate's case, so hopefully Cray are going to do that the right way.
0: Yeah, we'll just move on to the Southern Counties East League now. Most of the clubs are in the FA Vars this week, but I don't think I'm ever going to understand how they decide who goes in where. Because I know Mickey Collins said the other week when we spoke to him, um, we've, we're not going in until later. And, and I, I think that was based on previous FA Cup success, previous Vars success. Toss of a coin. I've really got no idea. But there's a, there's a few decent ties for, for um, sides in the scaffold. It's Canterbury. They're going to be seeking some revenge for the FA Cup. They lost Sutton, Common Rovers there. They've got them at deal this time. So they'll be hopeful of, of giving them a better account of themselves. Uh, Whitstable are away to FC Elmstead, which I assume they'll be confident of winning. Um, Glebe against Deal, we've already mentioned earlier on. Chatham off the bottom now, they're at Red Hill, so that's a, a tricky tie. Sheppey have got Lockswood, and the winners of that will host Tunbridge Wells, who of course reached the final in 2013. Um, in the league, Whitswell lost their 100% record on Tuesday night. They went down at Deal... Um, there's three games on Saturday. The pick of those is Seven Oaks hosting Corinthian, who are top of the league, but they've played six games more than everyone else. Some teams have only played four games. Um, there are games on Tuesday and Wednesday, but I didn't even bother looking too much because they could be completely obliterated by FA Vars replays. But it's, it's, it's so difficult at this early stage of the Southern Counties League because you've got teams that have played more games than the others, and it's going to be a while before it all levels out, isn't it? Well, you could
1: have teams like Glebe if they... The trophy VARs this week, FA Cup, then you could have a replay in the week when you've been playing a league game. You're never going to get your season going until um, middle of October from that point of view. Uh, Glebe against Steel stands out, I suppose, because Glebe beat them in the in the FA Cup there. And will what's more important to Glebe, the FA Cup or the FA VARs? Probably when you're probably so far away from the from the decent rounds in the FA Vars now it'll be interesting to see what they do from that point of view of course Deal got a bit of pedigree from 2000 when they won the competition so it's always going to be a competition that um, holds good memories for them and of course good result for Deal my tip Whitstable for the league they beat them didn't
0: they as you said they did, yeah. I mean, Whits- Whitswell have done all right so far. Scott Porter was manager of the month for August, um, which is a, a good start for them. And, that, you know, they had a quiet season last year after their relegation. This is an opportunity for them. And, and I think you're going to be pretty close with your tip of them. That They seem to have it coming together. Scott Porter knows a lot about Kent football. And I'm pretty sure that going forward, Witsworth will be challenging this season. So fingers crossed for them because it's, it's a nice club, decent town that the fans get behind them a little bit. I've, I've been to plenty of Whitswell games and... It do certainly make some noise. They're definitely one side that could certainly be up there, I'm pretty certain.
1: Yeah I think so I think they'd like A Vase run as well Because there's You know A good town like um, Whistable uh, If they get a bit of momentum the, people, the fans will come back To watch them If they're in the latter Rounds of the Vase Because we haven't anything since 2013 When um, 7 uh, Tunbridge Wells Were in there sorry and, and Ashford did quite well A few years ago as well But it'd be good to see a Kent side going deep
0: Into the competition It would be It's an interesting competition The Vase, Because it does throw together Some great ties. I was um, I was working at the, In the office In Tunbridge Wells With the Courier When they got to the final In 2013 and- and my my former boss Glenn Garrett will tell you I did nothing but rib him as he was getting more and more excited about the FA Vars. But do you know what? They had a semi final up at Shildon in the North East. They had so many great epic games in that run. And it does just it, it's amazing because you've got all these teams. They are you know literally one step above being park teams with all due respect. They are you know they're they're the smallest levels of amateur football that we've got or non league football. And they're getting the chance to have a day at Wembley. They're going all around the country, doing all these great things. And I was funny enough, I was looking today at the finals, just the last few years to make sure that I was getting the right year for Tunbridge Wells. And I mentioned them earlier. And some of the teams that have been in that final, Spenny Moore, they've rocketed up the leagues they, they were the team who beat Tunbridge Wells. Um, Biliriki have won it a couple of times back in the 70s when it was different. Oxford City have been in the Vase final. So it can be such a springboard, and it's such a fantastic competition. And for these guys to have the chance to possibly play at Wembley is just out of this world, isn't it? Well
1: it's, it's plenty more, yeah, they're, they're in... Conference North I think they think now? So yeah, they are. yeah, so they've really from that point of view. Yeah, I can't see why not that it's a it's a competition that probably gets a bit of flack when you start it so early when it really goes deep. How many rounds these some of these times you'll have to get through on that point of view. So yeah, I think um, for some of these I know Ashford had a great run a couple of years ago and they were absolutely distraught they went out of the, the stage they did. So, But you, you know, it's normally dominated by northern sides, this competition, particularly the the northeast sides. And that's a different level of football up there because some of these sides are really well supported and paid more, a lot more money. But you know, what a chance for some of these sides to go at least a, quite a way in it. So,
0: But as everybody says, the northern Premier League really are the, are the sides that do well in this competition. And if there's any clubs out there who may go deep into the FA Vars, just make sure you've got two seats left on your bandwagon for Matt and I, because we'll be on that quicker <laughs> than you can say hello. <laughs> and that's about it for this week. Where, where are you this week, Matt? Are you going to a game I'm Saturday? I'm going
1: to Aldershot, yeah, I'm going to Aldershot Saturday. So, um, from that point of you have never seen us win over there, but they'll look after you up there. But that, that's another good test for Dover. So, um, yeah, order shot on Saturday. So, I'll, you know... I've seen us win a tram, man. Well, it'd be nice to do the double against all the shots on Saturday.
0: And then, are you at the Bournemouth
1: game on Tuesday yeah, as well? Yeah, Bournemouth Tuesday again, yeah. So we never be there either. So, <laughs> all in all. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, okay. Middle it's good to have some midweek football as well. So, from that point of view, but I'll be there. So, if you do see me, please uh, give me a thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I'll probably go somewhere on Tuesday. I'm a bit busy this weekend because maybe my birthday on Monday, but we don't want to make a fuss about that. Um, it's not exciting anymore. I'm far too old to get worried about that sort of stuff um just finally just like to say thanks again for listening please we we love hearing your feedback um follow us on twitter it's at kent nl podcast um you can follow us individually on twitter um for some sparkling banter um i'm at john phipps 81 matt is at matthew underscore Gerard. And if you want to drop us a line it's johnphipps 81 at outlook.com we're also on facebook as well we have got a page there search kent non-league podcast and you will find us on there and uh, Thanks for listening. Keep listening. And if you've got any feedback, please let us know. It would be great to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye. All the best.